My people, welcome, welcome, welcome back. Bombly Podcast, Dorrance Odiase. I'm so turnt, lit, excited. I think my voice just cracked, but I'm excited to be back again with you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, to this platform, to this podcast every single week. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so thankful to have you guys tuned back in again. Please do me one favor. Go listen to last week's episode, Powered by Pain. It was my story. And I had a chance to collab, to be on another podcast, Full Court Press Podcast by 94 Pours. It was an amazing conversation. Honestly, I dove deep into my story. And I feel like there's value in that content. So if you do that for me, please leave a rate. And review that podcast as well. Thank you so much. Let's get into this episode. Let's go. This week's episode, we have a very, very, very special guest. Special and near dear to my heart. Like a sister. Miss Efeturi Agbeduta. Efeturi Agbeduta. Let me come correct. Efeturi currently works at O'Hagan Meyer. She's a graduate of Xavier at Louisiana. She's an AKA. And she's in law school at David A. Clark Law School in D.C. But more importantly, more than all that, more so near and dear to my heart because she's like a sister to me. I'm so thankful to have her on this podcast to share her life, her story, and just to check in with her. Honestly, I really love talking to her. Let's get it. Peak of your life. Which kind? Like, you know, when people are in their peak and like everything is like perfect. So you're at the peak of your life right now. I'm definitely not at the peak. I'm at the beginning of the peak. So being on the podcast means what to you then? Like you're, you're. Has it started? Yeah. (laughs) Have we started? Yes. (laughs) But I always just started like this. Like Like regular? Yeah. Chop it up. You said being on a podcast is what? Like what is it? You said you're at your peak. This have I peaked? What does that mean? I haven't peaked, which means I have not. I'm not in my prime prime. But you're in your bag. I'm in my bag, but I'm not in the prime. The prime okay. will be in 20, 20, 2024. <laughs> okay, Miss uh, Twenty Twenty Four. Let me intro. Oh, Miss Evaturi. Thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast, Mind Bully Podcast with Miss Efeturi Agbeduta. When you hear this, Efeturi, you would already have been introduced, but this is an introduction just personally for you. Oh, again. Welcome to the Mind Bully Podcast. Yes, sir. How's it feel being on the podcast? This is actually my first podcast I've ever done in life. Yeah. So I've been on panels before. And it's mm. crazy because I've 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 been an audience so many times in my life. I'm like, when have I ever been the person that's speaking? Yeah, not many. A couple so of times here and there in undergrad. You're the chosen one though, right now. I am the chosen but, one. But no, nah, honestly, seriously, before we start, I'm I'm thankful to have this. I'm thankful to do this, Efeturi. You're honestly somebody that I care to hear from. You got a lot of passion in you. You're driven. You're focused. But you like to have fun, just like the kid. So nah, it's from the bottom of my heart. It's a it's an honor and a blessing to have Miss Evaturi on the podcast. Wow, thank you, Norin. Thank you for having me. Thanks for believing in me to put you on, put me on this podcast. Nah, 
But no, for my first question, um, I think it's it's always good when you have these conversations to these foundational questions where how you think the way you think, why you move the way you move. And I think it comes from childhood. So take me back to the ag. Take me back the nitty gritty ag. What were the traits or the factors that made that person then into who you are now? Wow. Partially starting off automatically, my parents. My parents coming from Nigeria with nothing to give me, my siblings, everything that we have today. It always started with, you know, any any kind of tutoring, any type of program, anything that could help us better ourselves. Me and my siblings had it right. And I always knew what I wanted to do growing up, whether it was through influence of like TV shows or looking at people that I would admire as a kid. I just remember when I was in elementary school, I was like that straight A student. But when you look back to it, elementary was so easy. I could do it in my sleep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it was. It was just, I went to very diverse schools. So I grew up in the public school system in the suburbs. So I had a very diverse group of friends. I had friends of every type of ethnicity and race and I didn't see just, you know, I, I didn't grow up in an area where I was just surrounded by people that look like me. Yeah. I grew up in a very diverse area. And then everything switched when I went to high school, then switched again when I went to college. But in elementary school, I think I had the best times of my life. I made good friends and I always kept an open mind as a young, as a young girl. I remember my parents used to I don't want to say bribe, but every time we would make A's, however many A's you got, you would get a reward, whether that be them taking us out to eat or like giving us money. So that's kind of what not only pushed me was that, oh, I know if I make an A in this class, I'm going to get a reward. And then in elementary school, they always had honor roll and award ceremonies. And I wanted to be that girl who was up there getting all the awards. <laughs> no, that's fired. I. I think it plays to the Nigerian experience too, right? Like you say, your your parents were really instrumental in pushing kind of the driving force in your life that it kind of steered you to one way and you saw yourself excel. I guess if you didn't get the grade, if you didn't get the A, did it in your mind and like, did it kind of steer you off path? Because I had the same I had the same kind of upbringing where you get the grade. That's just what you do. You strive, you strive, and then you learn that way. In your times where you didn't succeed or excel in your eyes, what lane did you take? Because a lot of us, right, we take the, I took the bad boy lane. I, if I didn't get the good grade, I was <laughs> with the niggas in the school. Yeah. I yeah. guess, how were those times growing up, your challenges, what lane did you take and, and how did you steer back on, on the right path? You know, that's, that's a good question because it's crazy how when I look at my younger self, I'm like, dang, back then, what I did back then and what I'm doing now as a middle-aged 20-year-old. Did you say middle-aged? Did I say middle-aged? <laughs> nah, keep going, sorry. Like, as a, as a, as a young adult, I mean... It's kind of, it's not the same because I've, I've had to do a lot of self-reflection and be like, okay, is it the end of the world? No. Can you come back from it? Yes. We all deal with failure, especially this past semester in school. And so 
what I, how I used to handle it, to be completely honest, is I would just, I would cry. And crying doesn't do anything. And as I got, as I've gotten older, I'm like, only thing that crying does is it gives me a headache and it doesn't change anything. What I've gotten has already been done. I can't change the past, but what I can do is change the future. So I'll say, okay, you didn't do good in this class. And back then, not doing good was probably me making like a B. And when I say a B, like a high B. Yeah. Because you know when you come home to your parents and you show them anything less than like a high A, they'll say, okay, so who made the high A? Do they have two brains? Do they have two heads? (laughs) And it's like... You know, my parents weren't too hard on me like some other parents would be, but I think it was just me wanting to make them proud so much. That's what kept me going. But as I've gotten older, it's like, yeah, of course, everything that I do for my, I do for my parents, but I'm like, no, you need to do this for yourself. You need to want this for yourself because if you don't want it for yourself, you're going to get lost and you're going to feel like you're not even supposed to be, you're not supposed to be here or you're not going to have that passion and that drive because at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I'm doing it because my mom and dad, I'm doing it for them. No, yeah. like I've realized like I'm doing it for effortary. The second part is yeah. to, of course, make my family proud, but I'm doing it for me. This is a dream yeah. that I've always had. So I think that's beautiful because on one hand, it's like you put your parents on a pedestal and you want to strive for them. And, and, and it's and it's noble, right? It's it's notable, to, noteworthy to want to do that for your parents because they've been through so much. But on the other hand, as you're growing, you're starting to humanize your parents and you're like, well, they're humans yeah. and I, I just want to do good for me. Yes, I want to make them proud, but I want, you know, myself and my vision of myself to 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 make myself proud. There's something you said. You said that you used to cry when you got the bad grades, I guess. Who is your, I, I FaceTimed you yesterday and you were on the phone with your, you were in the car driving with your mom. I guess who is like the shoulder to cry on in your family with your, with your, with your relationships with your parents? Like who's the agony arm? I think for me, it's my mom. And who's, you know, who's kind of the stoic one? Oh, easily my mom. <laughs> easily. Like. There's times where, I mean, I'm, I'm close with both my mom and my dad. Like, my dad is my best friend and so is my mom. And, you know, growing up, it's because I have very I have educated parents, you know, just like you. Your, your parents are very educated as well. So they're, they're interested. They're in tune with what I'm learning in school and different topics and different classes. I, like, it's, it's fun to come home and be like, oh, dad, you know, this is what I learned today in class. And he gets it. Or, mom, this is what I learned today. So when I make a bad grade, instead of me hiding it, I'm like, oh, mom, I made this bad grade, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this, when I say it, like this recently happened to me, like probably two weeks ago, I made, I made the worst grade I've made in my entire life. And I was like, my mom is going to get it. So I went to my mom and, you know, I'm older now. I'm not young. I, th- I felt like back then, I don't want to say they would scold me, but they would be a little harsh on it. Like, oh, why did you do this? You need to do better, blah, 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 blah. But now that I'm older, if this happens, I still lean on my mom and she just encourages me like, it's okay. What can we do to fix this? That's what she says. What can we do? At the end of the the day, I'm the one taking the exams. I'm the one making the grades. But I, I like how supportive she's always been to say, what can we do to fix this? And I'm not saying my dad isn't gonna do that. I just feel like there's going to be a certain level of disappointment my dad will feel like, dang, 
I know there's somebody who made a higher grade. Why wasn't you? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> my dad's super, he's smart, he's brilliant. And but the thing is, like, you have to work hard. And I work hard, but sometimes you can work really hard and still not get what you want to get out of it. So my mom is just always that person that I lean on to, especially when I could go to both my mom and dad, but I know I'm going to get two different responses. Like my mom would be like, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to pray about it easily. <laughs> She'll start pleading the blood of Jesus, praying, praying, <laughs> like pray. Like the first thing she'll do is pray and then she'll thank God for what's already happened. So I think it's good to have, you know, parents or that parent that will still support you through times that you didn't perform well. That's beautiful. I guess navigating through that from a strong, powerful household that grades, faith, all that was was kind of your foundation. Moving on to middle school, then high school, then to Xavier. I guess when you got to Xavier, finding your tribe, finding your community, what were some of the challenges that you face? You know, going away from home, your family, your your siblings, what were those challenges that you faced initially? Yeah, so I think college was that's that was an experience. But I'm every day I look back on it, I'm so thankful for that experience because I built a lot of character in, in college. And I say that because I didn't go to your typical college. I went to an HBCU. There's not many HBCUs in the country. I went from a majority white, about like 85% a predominantly white high school. In my graduating class, there's over 800 of us. Out of that 800, it was probably anywhere from like 10 to 12% African-American. So I wasn't in a classroom where people looked like me. And so when I was switching from the high school I went to, to not only going to a HBCU, but then also going to New Orleans, Louisiana, being in a city that has so much culture and a city that's been through a lot, um, it was really different. When I started my first year at Xavier, it was the 10th year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. So the, the first thing I did, the very first week we started, um, we did a community service project in New Orleans because the city has been recovering for the past, over the past decade from Katrina. And so when I got there, I just felt like, I felt like I didn't belong. But you know, the, the, the good part about it is that some of the best friends I made, even I still have them today, we all kind of like felt ourselves boxed in. We never, we didn't go to parties. Um, and we, none of us were from, we weren't from Louisiana. Uh, my best friend was from, they were both from Detroit. And so we were like, oh, let's just stay inside because we don't know what the parties are like, what the people are like. And I won't say it was hard making friends or meeting people because I've always been, I used to be shy growing up. And then as I got older, I became, I like to use the word, <laughs> say I'm introverted, extroverted. Because I like to meet people. I can be a social butterfly, but then sometimes I just don't feel like interacting with people. So I wasn't that girl who just everyone knew at Xavier. I was more on the quieter side. I don't think I became like known in my university until my junior year when I got more involved. I got involved my first year, but I just take like that one role on the organization that doesn't have you in the spotlight. And so mm -hmm. it, it, it was it was really a culture shock. Not only that. But I mean, I had to, we had community showers, nothing that I've, I've ever gone through before. We had community showers, right? And, and this is why I say when, I, when Xavier built a lot of character, it helped me build a lot mm. of character because 
they don't believe in renovating their dorm rooms for freshmen, right? So think of think of what? you having a Wait, dorm room, what? a dorm room from like the nineteen thirties, right? Brick walls, community showers. You have six stalls, right? Made of wood with tile. Don't get me wrong; it's clean, but you don't have like your own shower. I got to visit other. Um, college campuses and like wait you have your own bathroom in your room i have yeah, to take so a wait, shower wait. caddy and what flip was, flops what was the driving factor that made you stay you're away from your family you're in a totally different environment people don't act like you they don't talk like you finding your tribe is hard three it's gross basically it's in a yeah, tough yeah. time what made you stay to even want to build that character there like what was it about xavier and new orleans that said hey i actually like it here. I'm growing here. I'm I'm becoming this new person. What was the factors that made it stay? Like, how did you stay there? It's crazy because I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. I can't do this. I, <laughs> I told my friends, I said, I'm so sorry, but I'm transferring to so-and-so school. I will not be back. Um, we just keep in contact, but I'm going to go. But then I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what I did do instead of leaving. And then this is what also led me to stay. And when I look back, I, I reflect on it every day. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity for me to go to Xavier and not leave because I've met some of the best people in my life at Xavier. And had I not gone to Xavier, I wouldn't have these friends. I wouldn't have these sorority sisters. I wouldn't have these mentors, you know? And so instead of me transferring, what I did, I did something even, I don't want to say crazier, but I went abroad. I studied abroad. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to leave, but what can I do to get a break from the city of New Orleans? And I was like, study abroad. I'm like, okay, what languages do you speak? Um, none really. So you need to go to like an English speaking country. So I went to London, loved it. That was the highlight of my college career, not going to lie. I was there for a whole semester. So from January to June and leaving was bittersweet while I was in London as well. I met friends that I still have till today. I met friends that are from America. I have friends that are in different countries in the EU because when I was there, we traveled a lot, we networked, and I ended up make, making travel buddies because we from there, we ended up planning a whole graduation trip. But let me not get sidetracked. So yeah, so when I did that- No, I, you're good. Yeah, you're good. I came- No, because I think that's fire, right? Yeah. Because you're in an environment that you didn't, really like at first Hate but you're it. still curious you're curious of like what are these people how are they like what do they learn okay let me figure out a way to get out but still stay in let me go study abroad their curiosity then you're learning about them and then you're learning more things about you and what you like and then you're calling and i think that's it there's a yeah. lot of people listening to this podcast right now that are so stuck in their lane they're yeah. either unexcited about what they're doing right now, or they want out, they want out, they want out. It's a new thought. It's the idea to just think a new thought, like, wait, why don't I try it different like, yeah. and go overseas and, and, and that way. And it, it just sparks you and it gives you a new charge. I feel like that's fire. And it kind of leads me into your calling because when I talked and I was in DC with you, I went to your house and I know that we had this conversation about finding your calling and you were telling me about being in New Orleans and being there that they have the largest prison with inmates or people that aren't supposed to be there. Right. And that you you built a calling and you built a yearn for being a lawyer and the things that you're doing now from the place that you didn't even want to be 
Could you talk about navigating that and, and finding your calling through college that led you to this point now? Yeah, yeah. So another thing I was going to say, um, I've always been, well, me and some of my siblings, well, one of the other ones, we've always like wanted to just branch out. So even when I was applying to colleges, I think I only applied to one school in the state of Texas. And don't get me wrong. There are some really good schools in Texas, but I was like, I need to go. I need to branch out. Right. And so went to undergrad away, went to um, under I mean, said you brought away. Now I'm in law school away. And one thing that I've noticed that has helped me so much with just leaving for a while is one, I love Texas. I will be back. But two, <laughs> I've been able to build a network of people all over like not only just the country, but the world, right? Because you're in a different state and you're meeting this person who's from this state or meeting this person from this country. And that's how you start to network and build people. You're not just in one box. Like, you don't, I'm not only, I don't only know Dallas, Texas or Texas. I know the US, I know the world because I have friends that are either plugged in in this state, plugged in in this country, but then those friends know people who can also plug me in. So I've always knew I wanted to go to law school, but- one thing that I um, started to realize was, what is my why? Like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Because as I was getting older, it's like, yeah, I want to go to law school. I want to go to law school. But it's like, you have to realize, as I got, as I really started to lock in and study for the LSAT and apply to law schools, it's like, and then talk to lawyers. I have a lot of mentors that are either, um, they're practicing attorneys. They just graduated from law school. They've been practicing for over 10, five, 10 years or lawyer, like uh, mentors that are just one year out. And they've all, they always told me it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And of course it's like, you can get all the advice you want. Everybody can tell you all of their, their struggles and the do's, the don'ts. You should do this. You should do that. But one thing that I realized it doesn't make sense. It, it, it may make sense, but it may not make sense until you go through it. You have to go through and be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Or, oh, I could have only understood it if I went through it because it doesn't make sense when they're telling you X, Y, and Z, right? But where does that where does that come th- come from, right? Because Evaturi, honestly, listening to you, I'm like, that is literally me, right? <laughs> but I think for me... I think that curiosity and I know where that comes from, just want to be almost almost a rebel and curious about the world and life and living. I know where it comes from in me because I'm a twin and I was always the, yeah. the different twin yeah. and I could break free. For you personally, where does that yearn to learn and that yearn for curiosity, where do you think that comes from if you were to dive deep and look at? That's a good question because I I'm still trying to... F- figure out where it comes from. And I feel like I've just always been like that. And the older I've gotten and the more I've seen, it just makes me want to continue to do it more. What more, what, what can I learn? Can I learn more? Can I meet more people? Can I do different things? I have a very open mind and it took me having, cause I won't lie. When I did go to Xavier, another reason why I just stayed in my room a lot, I, my best friends know what did I do my freshman year, at least first semester? I would stay in my bed and watch Netflix when I'm not studying. Like I was so weird. I, I use the word weird because I would take my food to go from the cafeteria and just stay in my room. <laughs> right. Like I was like, I don't feel like interacting with people. Like I'm still trying to figure out this whole city and the state. You know, I don't know how I feel about it. 
But what I learned and what switched for me was having that open mind. You need to have an open mind in anything that you do, because if you go in somewhere closed off, you're not going to be able to meet people and learn. But I don't know. That That's a good question. I'm still trying to figure all that out, to be honest. But I feel like ever since I was a kid, I, I've always been told like, oh, you're so free spirited. You're so free spirited. <laughs> and I was like, what's free spirited? Because my, my, uh, my aunt used to tell me that when I was younger. I'm like, free spirited? Like, is that a good <laughs> thing? What? Like, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? But I think just being able to freely be me and not feel like, oh my God. And one thing that I also learned to do was ignore what people would say when they'll ask me, wait, are you not scared? You're not scared of like going to this country by yourself. You're not scared to study abroad. You're not scared to do this. And I'm like, no. And I'm not going to let you psych me out of doing what I want to do. No, there was many of times where people would try to like tell me, like, I don't think you should do that. Or I don't think that's a good idea. Well, I'm like, I think it's a good idea. I think that I'm going to yeah. do it. You know, like yeah. I can use one example. I just took my first solo trip. Um, I think that was, did, was that when you visited me? I don't remember if that was before or after you visited me. That was after you came and visited me in February. So in December, after I finished my first semester of law school, I was like, you need to air out and you need to air out by yourself. You don't need anybody else around you. And it had been one thing on my bucket list. One thing about me is when I set a goal for myself, I have to, I have to achieve it. And if I don't, it's okay, but I usually just have to achieve it, right? And I don't put like timelines on when it has to happen. It just has to happen at the right time. So I was like, where are you going to go? What were those? Sorry, not to not to break up your mm -hmm. because that's fire. When I came to your house in D.C. in February, I remember I walked in your house and it was beautiful. And I saw your goals over your bed. Yeah. Like you're so driven. You're so going after it, going after it, going after it. Could you... Not to break up your story and tell me because it's beautiful. Could you, I guess, tell me what's one of those goals that you have, like that that that's that you constantly go after? Like for me, I want to be an NBA player, and through all that I do, I'm going after that. For you, what is one of your main goals that you're striving in this season to go after? I think, and so my goals change over time. Sometimes I need to, you know. I need to reconnect and go, okay, you might need, what, what goals do you have for this year? What goals do you have for this semester? What goals do you have for the month? Hell, what goals do you have for the week? You know, like, cause I have to yeah. think about that. Like, I can't just, okay, these are my goals for the semester, but you can also have monthly goals. Right. And so my goals from last semester to this semester's goals kind of change up. So one of my goals I can say was to make this a certain GPA in order to keep my scholarship because I'm in law school on scholarship. And so the way, and, and you know, you know, I, I, I will say I've always written down my goals, but now that I've, I'm living by myself, I've never lived alone. So I live by myself. So that means, what does that mean for me? I could have my goals written all over my house. I could put sticky notes wherever I want. And I'm going to have guests come in and be like, what does that mean? Or what? Like, your whole house was full of sticky notes, sticky notes, <laughs> like, sticky notes. But I like it. Yeah, I'll have things written just to remind myself, like, this is this is what you are trying to achieve. And even if you don't do it, I've learned not to beat myself up. So, like I said, one of my goals was to keep um, a certain GPA to maintain my scholarship, right? But so I have goals like that. But then I also have goals like get back on track with God, you know, make sure I continue to have a strong relationship with God. 
have a better attitude. Like small goals like that have a better attitude or even big goals like get a get a job at so-and-so firm in so-and-so year. Get a job at this firm in this city. So I set really high goals for myself and goals that just take me practicing every day. Like, you know, don't cry if you get stressed or don't take your attitude out on somebody else if you're having a bad day, you know. Take some take a step back. And just breathe before you react or before you respond to people. So just any of those goals. And it honestly works when you even when you sometimes get frustrated with yourself or you're trying to figure out, like, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Look at your goals. Journal. Write your goals down. Another thing that I did, um, I've always kind of been pretty active. Like in high school, I played sports just to do it. But one thing that really helped me, especially this semester, was to work out. All my classmates knew I'm coming to class with a hoodie because you know where I'm going directly after class? We had a two and a half hour break. I'm going to the gym because that's what's yeah. going to relieve my stress. So I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to weight lift. I'm going to run on the treadmill, whatever. And it makes you feel better. Like find things that are going to help with your mental because as we're getting older, I'm not a kid anymore. I don't have mommy and daddy taking care of X, Y, and Z. I got to pay bills. I have to study. I have to take these exams. Like no one's going to sit here and wake me up at 8 a.m. Like you have to go to class. So all of those. (laughs) You're so driven. You're so goal oriented. And when I'm listening to you, I I honestly listen to somebody that's almost like me, not to sound like that, but we have the same kind of mindset. So my question for you is when you got that call, and you achieved that goal and you got into a DAP program that's really competitive. There's 2% black lawyers all over the country in yeah. this country. But when you got that call to get in a competitive, competitive, competitive program, I think there's over 200 girls and 60 are chosen. When you got the call and they said, Efeturi, Agbeduta, <laughs> obviously the guy probably not Nigerian, but he's like, you are in. Like, what was going through your head in that moment? You want to know what's so crazy? It's like, well, one, DAP was a very, and shout out to DAP because I know they keep telling us, don't thank me. You're supposed to be here. You're here for a reason. You, you earned, you earned this, your grades and your interviews is what got you here, which is great and all. But I mean, women of color are very underrepresented in the legal, in the legal field. It is what, maybe close to 3% of us now. That's nothing, especially in the corporate and big law. It's an even smaller percentage and it's very competitive. Right. So when I got the call, mind you, I just to be completely honest, let me just tell you about how that happened. So it was Friday night at 8 p.m. I will never forget this. I'll never forget this. And I remember the date. It was November 17th. My mentor called me and she was like, Hey, Effie, mind you, it was the beginning of the semester, kind of. It was kind of towards the end. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I've been really busy, but uh, there's a program that I really think that you need to apply for. I know it's last minute, but if you have time, like, I think you should apply for it. And I was like, okay, like, what? what is it? Like, how is the application extensive? Like, is it just like a little Google Doc that I got to fill out and boom? And she was like, um, no. So you have to make a two-minute video on a topic. You need to write two essays. You need a headshot. You need a resume. You need a transcript. And you need a writing sample. And if anybody doesn't know what a writing sample is, a writing sample, especially when you're applying for a job in the legal field, you need some type of writing sample 
that's like legal writing. So a memorandum or like maybe a client letter, something that shows that you can, you know how to write like a lawyer, right? And I'm like, okay, when's the, I'm like, oh, great. Okay, this sounds lovely. When is it due? Oh, tomorrow at midnight. And I'm like, okay. What? I immediately was like, okay, let me give you a call back. I called my mom and I'm like, mom, like, what do I do? She's telling me it's such a good program. Like they pay you this much in the summer and it's so hard to get a job in big law for the summer to even get paid this much. Cause one thing, uh, another thing about being a 1L summer, any summer internships, one, a lot of them do not pay. It's really hard to find a paid internship. And then two, it's hard to even get your foot in the door. One, as a minority. And then two, not being at one of these big, you know, T14 law schools that are you're automatically plugged in. So I'm like, this is a dope opportunity. But then I sat back and I'm like, am I even going to? I literally said, am I even going to get it? And that's me just, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I do feel like I have a lot of confidence, but there's there's sometimes where you kind of sit back and it's like you have imposter syndrome hitting you like, am I are they, are they going to pick me? Like, And then I'm like, I have less than 24 hours to put out an application. Do I even have enough time to put out a good application? So I was like, my mom was like, do it. She's like, we're going to pray about it. Do it. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. I, and mind you, on top of that, not only did I have the application, I had so much homework to do. I have hella readings to do. I even had an oral argument due that same weekend of a five-minute video. Mind you, they needed a headshot. I don't have a headshot. My headshot was taken in like 2016 in front of Xavier University. It wasn't cute. I'm like, what are you going to do? You don't even have a tripod. You don't have a ring light. I literally took a picture of this because it only made me laugh. But I think it's all part of like my journey and my story. What I did this night. So what my mentor helped me out. She helped me clean up my resume because she's a 3L. 3L is 30-year law student and she's bomb. She's amazing. She helped me do that. You know, I had to make the video. I had to write the essays and she did all that. What I did was like, okay it's midnight and you don't know your neighbors. You're not going to ask someone to come in here and take a picture of you standing next to your white wall. So you got to get creative. <laughs> like you have yeah. to figure out what you're going to do or what you have around. So I was looking at my apartment and you've been in my apartment, you know, I don't have much. So I'm like, you're going to stack these tables and stack your 50 textbooks on top of each other. And then you're going to put your phone and put a timer on it and make that be your little tripod. And I did it, and the, and the picture came out solid. I just brightened Come it on. up. I brightened hey, it up. up. It's actually my LinkedIn. Um, my LinkedIn. No, it's fire. <laughs> yeah. You did that from 50 textbooks? <laughs> I will literally send you the picture. Of course, after that, I invested in a tripod uh, because they're only like $25 on Amazon. Yeah. I didn't have time to do that. So I did all of that, put my best foot forward, and what do you do after you put your best foot forward? You leave it up to God. So I prayed. And I was like, look, like I had even stopped midway and was like, I'm probably not even going to get this, like stop. And then I was like, no, keep going. And then what I kept saying was like, there's a reason my mentor told me about this before it was due. There's a reason why she told me the night before. So when I look at why certain things happen, I don't always question it in a bad way. I look at it like there's a reason why this is happening. There's a reason why she told me this. So I applied, whatever, whatever. Went through like three different interviews and I got in. I was like, oh, nice. Like, I wasn't super excited, but I was like, y'all want me? <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Because again, 
when you're striving for something, you're striving, you're striving, then you get it. It's not like this big celebration. It's like either I shouldn't be here or all right, what's next? Yeah. You doubted yourself so many times. Like that negative voice has caused you to doubt yourself, doubt yourself, doubt yourself. Then you get it. And you're still doubting yourself. Yeah, It's almost crazy. It's like you deserve to be here. But that negative voice, your mind believes like, nah, you shouldn't be here. It took too long. Like, you got all that done in a night. That's a fire story. You did all that in a night. You were going back and forth with your mom, like, and then you got it. And then you're still like, uh, I think there's a lot of people listening to this podcast right now, listening to your story that are the same way. They're in those times where they're striving, they're going after their goal and they think they're less than, they think they can't do it. They think it won't work. They think things won't work out for them, but if they actually try it and they get it, they'll see that it's a different result. And your different result was getting into the program and congratulations that you landed a paid internship this summer. That is so fire. And it came from the will that you had in you to to push through that moment. I guess my next question would be summer. Well, not summer, but your first year, the first year of law school. I know we talked about it and you told me you went through a trying time your first semester. How was year one of law school? man. So I thought first semester was a trying time. When I look back on it, I'm like, dang, first semester was not bad at all. So just really, so to be completely honest, I ended first semester good, you know, like to be, just to be completely honest uh, in some professions, like your grades don't matter. Your GPA doesn't matter in law school it matters, right? Grades matter, but your network matters even more. And I've always been that average A, B, you know, middle threes, maybe like 3.4 student or whatever. Not like that stellar students make it A pluses and summa cum laude. Like, no, you know, I'm just like that. I feel like I'm very, I'm I'm like, I'm like above average, you know? And so I remember orientation in law school was a hazing experience. I was like, why are they doing this? Like, what is this? It was like learning a whole completely new language. It was like learning a whole completely new language. And I was like, um, wait, this is what we have to do? I have to read this much? <laughs> and to be completely, it's going to sound really weird, right? I don't really like reading, right? I don't read unless right. I have to. But my mindset began to change before law school because I knew I had to read a lot. And when I say a lot, you could read anywhere from like two to 11 cases in just one class. And you hear a lot about how they have code calling in law school, basically when they put you on the spot. So like, for example, a professor will come in. Socratic method? Is that Socratic method? Yes, it's a Socratic method. And they also call it code calling. So Ms. Agbaduda, what are the facts of the case, right? And if you didn't read the case and you're like, uh, 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 you know, it's embarrassing. And some professors either be like, okay, pass, I'm taking a volunteer, or they'll literally stick with you and watch you read that case and point out what? the facts. Yeah, professors don't care in law school. That's so much pressure, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is, right? And so first semester, I was like, okay, well, you've heard about how hard it is. You really can't afford to do anything other than study. If you're not studying, you're sleeping. And if you're not sleeping, you're studying. So that's what I did. I did that, you know, did well, did well enough. I like, I like barely exceeded my expectations, right? So anytime I make a goal for myself or make expectations or tell myself I want this certain grade, 
that's what I want, but I would also love to go above that, right? Who doesn't want to exceed their expectations? So first semester was cool. I'm like, okay, law school isn't too, too bad. Like, it's hard, but it's not too, too bad. What my mentors and people fail to tell you is how hard second semester is. Second semester literally came up. I don't know if we're allowed, am I allowed to cuss on here? Yeah, you can wait Literally yeah. came up and kicked my ass. Like, I was like, what is happening? Not only am I doing law school, but this is going on through a, during like a pandemic. Like the pandemic, typically, it, it technically isn't really over, but we're kind of going back to normal or whatever you want to call it. And right. so when I started law school, we were hybrid or high flex which meant we were doing some classes in person and some classes online. And you got to basically decide. They gave us a choice. If you want to do it all online, you can. But the ABA does not allow law school to be taught online. You cannot do law school online. It's impossible. There are no law schools that are just fully online. You got It's an in-person type of program. And so because of COVID, I mean, people had to go online. But the minute they were, they were letting people go back outside, we're back in the classroom. And so I did I did high flex because I, I learned better in the classroom. I learn better when I'm in the classroom, looking at a professor, engaging with students. I can't sit at a, a computer screen all day and like listen to a professor because even if I'm like not on my phone, my mind can be in 10 different places. So I work better mm-hmm. in the classroom. Second semester came around and the COVID numbers in DC spiked. They went up. Every school in D.C. went virtual. And when I went fully virtual, not even high flex, everything was online. And I'm like, what? Like, how are we going to do school online for the first two months? And the thing about law school is you only have one grade. That one grade is your final exam. One grade? One. The whole time. One grade. They don't they don't do tests. They don't do quizzes. They don't do papers. You have one grade. Your final is like 90% of your grade. That 10% might be like your practice midterm or maybe participation, but yeah, your your final can be anywhere from 90 to 100% of your grade. So guess what that means? You bomb the final, you bomb the class. You pass the final, you pass the class. You make an A on the final, you make an A in the class. Your final is your grade. So mm-hmm. what that looks like during the semester is you're preparing every week, every day, leading up to the final because everything is comprehensive. So you're reading a lot, you're reading a lot, you're doing practice questions, you're doing supplements, you're going to office hours. But the thing about second semester that's so different is because one, we were fully online for like a week and a half, but then two, you're also interviewing. You're interviewing for your summer position. So not Mm. only are you in school, in class, but you're also having to, you're also having to prepare for interviews. You're also doing applications you know, you have to learn for what firm you're trying to work at. You have to learn the firm. You got to, you know, know what kind of law you want to do. Not really. They don't really care what kind of law you want to do. Because typically as a 1L, they're like, you should really just do whatever because they don't expect you to know what you want to do. You're still learning yeah. the basics, right? And so this past semester was just really tough for me. Like I said, I, I think I said in the beginning of the podcast, I made the worst grade I've ever made in my whole academic career. And I was like... Okay, before I opened up my grade, because right, like till this day, I'm still missing like four grades. Mind you, it takes professors like about a month to grade because a lot of the exams are written. And if they're written, 
you have your exams are three hours. So we have three hours to take an exam and you use that whole three hours. It's not a three hour. It's not a three hour exam where you can get up, you can breathe, you go to the bathroom. No, you're typing from one, you're typing from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. When they say, when they say stop, you drop everything because anything is a, is an honor code violation. And, and yeah. any, any of that could have you, you know, not be able to take the bar. Yeah. So all that happened and. As I reflect on it, my day, yeah, this semester was tough. You know, there there were some wins and there were some losses, but the way I look at it is like, I can come back from anything. I have to just be mm. positive about it. I got to keep a positive mindset. And so yeah. they say once you get through the first year, it gets better. I'm really hoping so. I'm really hoping so because right. while first semester was okay, second semester was tough. And I realized it wasn't just me. It was tough on a lot. Almost any everybody I talked to was like, "Nah, you're not yeah. the only one. This this semester is hard. Like it's really hard." But then when I look at it, I'm like, "If it was easy, everybody would be doing it." And I'm not everybody, and we're not everybody. So everybody's not in here doing what we're doing. Like we're we're staying up till five a.m. trying to learn this and learn that about the law. And at the end of the day, if you put your best foot forward, the way I look at it is like anything that's meant for me will be like. There's there's nothing out there that I want that I won't get if God doesn't believe it's if God believes this is not for her, he's not gonna give it to me. If it's for me, he'll give it to me. So I just have to look at everything with that mindset. Like, yeah, I may not have done my best in so-and-so class, but what I will do is it's not the end of the world. It's never the end of the world. You come back from it, you do better, you learn from your mistakes. And I think it's all part of the journey. It's, it's all part it's all part journey. of the journey. So it's all part of the journey. I think like for you, as I listen to you speak, as somebody coming from a tough year, right? Uh, a real competitive year, a pressure packed year, like pressure, pressure. It's almost like hearing somebody go through all this stuff and they're just getting it all out because this is a lot. It was a lot of pressure. It was a lot. It was so detailed in your day. 5 a.m. You're studying. Then you wake up. Now you're, oh, I got to connect with this person or this LinkedIn to Literally. make sure I get Literally. this internship. And then I go to class and then I read and I go because I, I remember being in your room. And I remember being at your place in DC and I'm looking around you walk in, there's so many sticky notes. They're like, she's reading, she's on the phone. She took a phone call with her mentor. She's like, should I say this? Should I say, it's such a pressure, pressure, pressure packed kind of year that you just have. I guess for my next question for you, through that competitive pressure packed nature of a year, how did you find your calm through the competition? How did you connect and, and reconnect and, and reboot yourself through that competitive year? So the first thing I said was the gym, you know, find a way to decompress, find like, where can I just go to get away from this? It was be times where I'm in the gym. I'm over here. looking. I'm looking over my outline or I'm looking over my notes. Just on really? The yes. Because it's like, you really don't deserve, like you can't take a break, but I'm like an hour and a half out of your day won't. But it's like, that's how much time I feel like you need while you're in school. Like there's no such things. There's people who will sleep in the library. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm going home. I'm going home. I will bring my clothes to school, shower and all that. But like, especially during finals, I just got to tell myself every day when you wake up, you got this. You can do this. Like I, I will just be talking to myself like you can do this. I will pray. There will be times where I'm so frustrated with myself. I'm so confused. 
I'm over here like, is this for me? Like, am I capable? Am I this? It'll be times where I'll literally pray to God and I will literally tell God, I don't know the words to say, but I just need to, I, 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 I'm just praying right now. I don't know what to yeah. say. I have no words to say. Like there was like probably like two weeks where like, I didn't even know what to pray for because I was so frustrated and I was like, oh my gosh, when is it going to click? But like during finals, cause it's like, it's a very draining process. You know, you're not eating like you're literally coffee and water. My mom would be like, did you eat? And I'm like, I'm not even hungry. I, I don't even want to eat. My apartment looks crazy. Paper is all over the place, you know, whatever. But I would just wake up. Start if like it's a new day, you know, God woke you up today. You got this. You can do this. Like that's literally if I had if I couldn't say anything or think of anything, I'll be like, you can do this. Like me just talking to myself like what i'm like what are you worried for like why are you stressing like and i'll probably look crazy talking to myself but it's like you're gonna be okay like i will tell myself over and over you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay like it's temporary if there is light at the end of the tunnel so that was what kind of helped me like really get through it because you see a lot of people shut down right they shut down they 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 forget their why they forget to encourage you have to hype yourself up i am my biggest fan right because while you have you have friends and family rooting for you but you have to root for yourself like (laughs) i am my own hype man because if i'm not if if i'm not gonna do it who will you know facts no, to close that chapter yeah. on on your law school and your your tough experience, just the power and, and the charge in you to know that you are going through this tough time. You don't even know what to pray, but there's something in you that says it's worth it. And there's something in you that is pulling you through. And there's something in you that says, just try it again. Just try it again. Just do it again. It's going to be better the next day, the next day. Even if you had a trying year, you're just has a positive mindset to everything that you're doing. That's why I honestly love talking to you. There's a lot of people that could have had your same year that are depressed and are hurt. Yes, every those are real feelings, but they take the wrong approach right. and they sedate themselves with pills or different things. They're like, man, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. I feel for those people, but the people that are still charged, pumping their chest, like, I'm my biggest fan. Right. I'm going to get through it. That is the harder thing to do. And that is the noble thing to do. And I'm honestly, like, like happy for you that you've taken that step and that you're you're in that internship that you, that you went after. But to t- close that chapter and to think about outside of the law school, I know I always go on people's IG, right, to just to, to get a feel. You're in quotes, bucket list shrinking every year. Where you, how are you shrinking your bucket list this year? How am I? And you know, you know, that's a, I'm actually glad you asked me that question because I was talking to my sister the other, the other day and I'm like, you know, I think this is like the first time in like the past, like two, three years where I don't have like something major on my bucket list that I'm itching to like cross off. So like I told you um, earlier, um, one thing that was on my bucket list was to do a solo trip, solo travel. Mm. So I- Why do girls always like that? I don't get that. I do not get that. I I loved it. I loved it. I I do think you you have to use a lot of wisdom and common sense and knowledge when you're (laughs) traveling by yourself because I am by myself and I'm a woman and 
you know, people are weird. But um, I went to Turks. I left the country by myself. My mom tried to psych me out the night before. And I said, you will not. I'm like, <laughs> I said, you just pray to God that he's going to bring me back in one piece. But I'm doing it. And and I, I love traveling. Uh, traveling is something that I've been doing for, what, maybe like five years. I love to travel. I love to explore different countries, new cultures, meet new people. But like now I feel like society's made it a thing to like travel big groups, rah, 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 rah. You're not really experiencing like the beauty of that country or the life because what are you doing when you're on these trips? And don't get me wrong because I love it. Everybody who's you glow different on you glow different on vacation. Yeah, yeah, I love it, and I still do it, right? But here's here, and this is what I like. Notice that was the main difference with traveling with like big groups of people and versus going by yourself. When you're with a group, it's like we gotta get up, we gotta drink, we gotta drink, shot, 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 whatever, whatever, right? Oh, we gotta make the boat. We gotta get up at five, not five, maybe like seven a.m. because the boat is leaving at eight. We gotta be at the boat at seven forty-five. It's like, dang, yeah. I, I can't even sleep in on vacation. No, like, I'm not a morning person. So you got to yeah. do that. It's like, okay, what club are we going to? Section money, section money, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dang, like, why is the vacation stressing me out? Yeah. <laughs> you people went, keep quiet. <laughs> I went to Turks. I literally packed my bags. I said, I don't know what you're doing when you get there, but you're going to go to the beach and you're going to figure it out. Like, of course, I did my research. You know, I had a place to stay. I tried to figure out if renting a car would be safer. They don't have, like, Uber, Lyft, um, finding a driver. You know, I researched here and there, but I didn't really have time to, like, be planning. So I'm like, you're going to get up. You're going to go. You're going to watch Christmas movies because I went in December. You're going to go to the beach. Like, you're just going to go and relax. And that's what I did. I didn't have to wake up super early, you know, I just used my common sense and wisdom being out. I didn't stay out too late. I didn't put myself in weird positions or uncomfortable positions where like men are doing this or doing that. And even if they did, I'd be like, no, thank you. Or I'd have to be yeah. like, I'm, you know, I'm waiting on my friend. Cause I, you don't want to put yourself in a weird position, but um, it was like, yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like, especially in your field and your profession and, and what you striving to do, you're, it's so competitive. It's so like you're striving, you're striving, you're striving. You're already going after goals. Yeah. You don't want to go after different goals on vacation. Like we're going here. We're, you just want to decompress exactly. and just peace and exactly. just connect with self exactly. and recharge yourself. I guess just a peace uh, and, and a peaceful vacation would be on, on, on the bucket list again. I guess when you're in vacation, right? When I went to your house, it w- I think y- you haven't even touched on this, but I'll touch on it. It was beautiful. Like you had different paintings there. Oh, and you would yeah. always draw and you're creative. What creatively right now in your life, I didn't even think of this till now, but excites you the most? Like what, like strategically in your, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Like in this time, what really excites you that you're, you're kind of thinking towards? Yeah. I don't even, did I? I had my paintings up when you came. I explained to you. Yes. My paint. Yeah. So, and that's why I'm not even going to lie. I'm a dope person. I'm just going to have to say that. <laughs> like, I am a dope person because I feel like I bring so much more to the table. And that's why I tell my classmates, like, I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm more than law school. I'm more than this textbook. Like, I, I bring more to the table than just me being in class. And, and y'all may not know that, but like, 
Um, I do makeup, I'm a makeup artist. I literally have a wedding. And it's crazy because my month of May has been so jam-packed. I have to do makeup for a bride on the 30th, right? I'm moving on the 31st and I start my internship on the 1st. But <laughs> yeah, I know it's a lot. It's really a lot. It's- do you like that? You just came back from a tough year. <laughs> and creatively, I know you're creatively being a makeup artist, but like, isn't that a lot? Makeup is one of my passions. And it, it took me time to realize that you don't have to just do law. Like you don't have to do one thing. I can do multiple things. And I and I I'm like, no, I don't want to do makeup because I'm so focused on going to law school. But then it's like, what? Why can't you just do both? And so when I was a kid in elementary school, I was an art I I want to say I'm an artist, quote unquote artist. I was artistic. Like I had my painting put in the museum. What, like when I was maybe six, seven years old, whatever. I love to paint. I love to draw. I love to color. And as I got older, I just kind of stopped doing that because I felt like I could only do one thing. And to be honest, like having African parents, they don't look at all that creative artsy stuff as anything. They'll be like, what? You want to do this? You want to do that? Like when my dad was like, forget that makeup. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. And then he saw how much money I was making in a day. We love makeup, (laughs) We love makeup. Yeah. He saw how much money I was making in a day um, doing makeup. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, you charge that much for a face? And I'm like, yeah. Like you try to psych me out of doing this. Like I'm not good. Excuse me. No. And so one thing that I recently picked back up was painting. So, and that was something that kind of helped me like relieve stress here and there doing abstract art because one with abstract art, I really feel like there's no way for you to mess it up. You really can't fuck that up. Like it's art. If you mess it up, you can figure out a way to fix it. And so it was while I started painting because I'm like, my, I'm like, my apartment needs some like, it needs some life to it. It's looking very bland. Um, But then it's (laughs) like, I'm a student who's not working, who's not allowed to work. They don't allow, you're not allowed to work your first year in law school. Um, and so I'm like, I'm about to pay hella money for a painting when I can go buy a canvas and paint this shit myself, right? So I literally went to Michael's, got a couple canvases, bought some paint from Ace Hardware down the street. And I looked at the canvas and I was like, hmm, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know, just freestyle. Just start doing stuff. And if it looks good, you're going to put it on your wall. If it doesn't look good, you're going to fix it. And so I started doing that. And I was like, wait, if you think about it, this is also challenging parts of my brain. This is something that I use at every interview. And it's helped me because I've always wowed interviews with interviewers with this. I'll be like, oh, I love to challenge the left side of my brain and the right side (laughs) of my brain. So in my apartment, all my paintings are made by me. I do abstract art. And obviously, I'm not talking about this, but I'm just telling you how I say it. No, 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 no. And I was like, and in law school, I use the left side of my brain, you know, when I'm in class, when I'm thinking, when I'm trying to synthesize a case and synthesize, you know, the law and do this and that. And they're always like, wow, wow. (laughs) But it's actually the truth because I'm using both sides of my brain for different things to be a creative and then to be like a law student and to learn the law, to be able to articulately state the law, write the law and everything. And so I think that's the that's the beauty in like doing multiple things and just having more. There's more to you than just one thing. I can't box myself into one thing. I think that's so beautiful. 
And again, I, I, I would say this again, and people, if you're listening, I swear I'm not just saying this. This sounds just like how I would say, I always say it. God didn't just make us with one talent. Nope. God gave us different talents. Yeah. And it's on us to cultivate those talents and bring it out to show people like, hey, you can do this. Hey, you can do this. There's life in this. And and that's how funds come when you're actually like motivated and you're dedicated to what you do, like makeup artists. That's a whole lane. You don't know. There's no ceiling to how far you can go in the different lanes that you choose. I think that's special. And I think Anyone listening right now to the Mind Bully podcast with me and Efeturi, they're listening to a girl that's a lifetime learner. She wants to learn through everything that she touches. She wants to be the best at everything that she touches. She's goal oriented that even when she's away from law school after a pressure cook last year that she had to be doing makeup artists for weddings. And then she's going to jump right. Like, I understand the grind. I understand the fight. I I could see and and really synthesize with somebody similar to me. They're going, they're going, they're going. But you're able to find grace and peace through the different things that you do. A lot of people tell me, slow down, Uh, take take it off, take a break. But it's like, if you like what you're doing, you're really passionate about what you're doing. That's how you are as a person. And that's your lane to help other people with makeup artists during a wedding, the the time that they need it. Yeah. Like, why not? I think that's so special. I think that's so special. And even for parents, if they're listening, parents only want you to be stable. It doesn't matter. Our parents come from Nigeria. They don't know that that, that's going to be stable. But if they knew makeup artists make this, be a makeup artist. (laughs) Go after that. I just... I just think that that is special to have something that you're passionate about on both sides, right? Law, makeup, creativity, painting, finding your way and being so charged in everything that you're doing, locking in like that. That is beautiful, honestly. That that's that's special. So wait, wait, wait. Can we see those listening to the Mind Bully podcast? Can we see like a business, a company, a page, makeup page, a painting page in the in the near future? Ooh. So I do have a I do have a makeup page, and the thing is, you know, I, I plug it, plug it, plug it, ASAP, plug it, plug <laughs> it. Effetory Annette M U A. So mm-hmm. my name, my middle name, Annette Effetory E F E T U R I Annette A N N E T T E M U A. And so I post my work, a good amount of my work on there. I really launched my makeup business uh, in January 2021. Right before I went to law school, I had all year to really build my, and I built my clientele. And you know, this wedding that I'm doing in May is my first bridal makeup. So I wasn't going to miss out on it. My dad was like, no, you're starting work a day later. You can't do it. I'm like, no, dad. Like I'm, I actually, I didn't even tell him no. I was like, oh, well, too bad I make my own decisions for myself. So, <laughs> so, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, what I'm making money into, I'm putting, I'm putting myself on because you, you never know who's gonna be at, at her wedding and be like, oh, who did you make up? Like, you know, let me mm-hmm. see. She, yeah. And so, I mean, my dad is a businessman. I work for my dad too. That's another thing I didn't talk about. So even when I'm home, when I'm home on vacation, I'm home on break. I work for him. I'm working for him right now. I work in the morning, <laughs> but like. I, and I feel like, oh my God, you're go, 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 go. But one thing that I've just had to cut out is like my turn up life. So I used to be the turn up queen going out, going to the club, doing this and that. But I'm like, dang, now you've gotten a whole lot busier. So what do you need to do? You need to find some time to sleep. And I'm like, and it's not fun anymore. It was fun for like three, four years when I was like growing up in my early 20s, 18 to 22. But now, you're growing, you're getting older, you have goals, you have all these things that you're trying to achieve. So sometimes you have to sacrifice certain types of fun. 
being in the mm-hmm. club and drinking and popping bottles, it's cool and all, but sometimes you got to be like, is it worth it? Could I be doing something else with my time? Could I be, you know, maybe creating a new hobby, sleeping, mm-hmm. resting? So, you know, you got to give something. You got to give, you gotta exactly. give some things up because, and then you can't think about the what ifs, like, oh, what if this, what if that? Like, I've just turned, I've just learned to be like, just do it. Just do it. Yes. One, what yeah. if you, people are going to either tell you yes or no? You just got to yes. do it. <laughs> so, yes. and that's what, yeah. And I, that's where the faith comes in, yeah. right? What if, what if, what if, even if, even yeah. if, I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to stand on it, even if, like yeah. everything that I'm doing. And, and Again, it sounds just like me. I'm going to say it again. But it's so special to connect with somebody like you that is super focused. Like you're cutting out the the excess fat in your life, like the excess things that doesn't drive to what you want to do. You're so focused, detailed, like you're going after it. I don't need to go out. I need to sleep right. to get up, to grind again. Right. I'm fo- like that is so yeah. powerful. And I think to close this out, being so focused, being so driven, being so motivated. In those times where you do fall or you do stumble and that negative voice is building louder, louder, charging faster and farther than your real voice. What's that negative voice? What's that mind bully saying to you in those moments? And how do you think I always ask this question? Do you overcome that negative voice? Yeah. So, I mean, what that looks like for me is like. Like, I'm not even going to lie, to be honest. I just wrapped up at, uh, we had a conference this past weekend. When you called me, I was on my way home from the conference for DAP. And I'm sitting at a firm here in Dallas, a large firm um, in Dallas, with with 50 girls who are going to be working at some of the top firms in the nation. And it's funny because one girl um, asked uh, one of the panelists, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? One, I'm a black woman, right? So a lot of people try to put black women down and be like, oh, they're not good enough. They're not this, they're not that. Black women are some of the most educated women in the world, to be completely honest. You know, we're very educated. And I feel like we don't, we don't, we don't give ourselves enough grace and we don't pat ourselves in the back a lot. So there'll be a lot of times where it's like, am I even supposed to be here? Like, am I worthy of being here? Or like, do I even deserve this? Or... Am I going to be good enough? Are people going to want me? But when I think, when those thoughts are going through my head, it's like, nope, that is the devil. And so it's like, you have to quickly just erase those thoughts from your head. Because I'm normal. We're all normal. We're human. So we're going to have those negative thoughts. We're going to have those like, why me? Like, do I deserve to be here? It could have been somebody else. Like, I'm I'm scared. I'm, I'm nervous. Like, what if I'm, you know, like, there's a lot that can go on in your head. But I'm just sitting here like, no. I actually do deserve to be here. You are like, I, I would literally be like, you're that bitch. Like you are that girl. Like you, like, like I said, you just got to hype. I'm my, I'm my biggest fan. Like it's a certain level of confidence. I will say I also built up as I've gotten older and it's like, yeah, I may stumble, we'll fall. We have insecurities, we have this and that, but being confident and just knowing that you're capable of doing whatever it is you want to do, no matter how long it takes you, no matter what stumbling blocks, no matter the trial and tribulations that it's going to take for you to get there. It's like one, always remember your why Two, well, really one, keep God first Two, remember your why you got to wake up and be like, okay, why am I doing this? This is what you want to do? Got to keep, you have to always check in with yourself. You can't, because then you'll find yourself going through the motions. Then you feel lost. 
you can't be in this world and feel lost. So remember your why. And and then even at times where you're even trying to figure out your why, pray to God. I mean, I don't, I don't, not everybody doesn't believe in God. Everybody doesn't pray, whatever, but you know, find what works for you. So there's times where I have to ask God, guide me, show, reveal to me what it is I'm called to do. Reveal to me who I'm supposed to, you know, mentor or who I'm supposed to reach. Even when I don't even believe in myself, like show me what it is I'm supposed to do because every day you wake up or you're given another day at life is another day of God telling you like, get up and go for what you want. Inspire Mm. others, pull somebody up behind you, have people ahead of you that are mentoring you and just be, be the best version of yourself. So she preaches. (laughs) I'm surprised I'm talking like this because no, that's fire. I think it's fire. Again, you connect with source, Yeah, connect with source. God, it enables to change your state. The the, the way you look at things, you're changed, you're charged. Then you change your story, the, what you're telling yourself, it's able to change that story. Then you can make strategies, change your strategy, and then go through another thought, go through another thing, another thing that changes your overall way you feel i think that is that is fire and man honestly (laughs) this has been amazing like you have so much passion and fire and you're so detailed and driven you just you can keep going and going and going and going and going i'm so thankful honestly from the bottom of my heart to have miss effa terry on the podcast no thank you so much i I appreciate you for for bringing me on here it'll be times i'll be like norton norton like what where are you now that's always the first question i ask you where are you now? Because I don't even know if you're down the street. People know me and Norton are neighbors, but I don't know if you're down the street or if you're across the world, you're in a different state. And it's like, I like it's as we're in our, we're, we're in our prime, you know, we're, we're young. We have the ability to move around. You know, we can't take that for granted as well. Cause there's people who are handicapped, people who can't move, people who can't get up and travel and get up and go for a, a run or go for a walk or play basketball or do art, whatever, whatever. So we can't take any of that for granted. And, and that's something that I really try to wake up and always remember, like, I can't take my health for granted either. And so mm. I really appreciate you for having me on here. I'm like, I, you well. you know my nerves with this. Like, yeah, what yeah, am yeah. I going to do? Like, what am I? What am I going to say? Like, what what do yeah. I do? But nah, no, this, but this I, so- I, I'm sure everybody listening definitely doesn't take this moment for granted. With you sitting here and listening to this conversation, I feel like anybody listening in their car, working out, driving, they will benefit and find value in this content. So once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mind Bully Podcast. Special shout out to Efforturi. Thank you so much for being on this episode. Please, if you love this content, if you love this episode, do me a favor. Leave it five stars. Also leave a review. It means so much to the platform. So many eyes, ears, and more hearts can be touched by this platform. Thank you so much. Till the next one. Peace and love. Phoenix, you going off?